morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. It definitely is a good morning. Um, I don't know about you guys, but, but I was sitting in my seat, and I was just thinking about how awesome and how incredible this worship service is this morning. You know, every, every Sunday or every Saturday night, um, I feel like I'm, I'm a little kid on Christmas Eve. Right? I feel like I, I go to bed excited because I'm going to wake up in the morning and I get to go to church. You know, and I feel like every Sunday the, the worship gets better and the fellowship gets better. And so I'm just really encouraged to be here. I'm really grateful for the, the opportunity to be able to preach. Like Marcel said, my name is Tariq Burton, and um, I'm 22 years old. I just graduated from California State University, Long Beach. You know, and I'm currently serving uh, my one-year challenge in the campus ministry. And so, uh, if you're taking notes today, the title of today's lesson is Holy, Holy, Holy. All right, Holy, Holy, Holy. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 6 today. And so if you guys can all turn there or uh, type in your iPhones or your tablets, whatever you have, um, let's all go to Isaiah 6. And as you guys are turning there... I want to tell you a little bit more about myself. You see, I grew up in churches. You know, I grew up in churches. I grew up in Christian schools. And so I was in this environment that was heavily influenced by the Bible and its teaching. You know, in these churches, they're really helpful because they, they helped me develop a knowledge in God and therefore a faith in God. And, you know, I probably I wouldn't be able to say, like, I don't think I'd be up here without them. So I'm really grateful for that. I really love my parents. My parents are here today for putting me through that um, the Christian school environment. You know, and these, these churches, they were great, but I don't really remember God being described to me the way he is in the Bible, right? You know, I, I knew that he was mighty, I knew that he was powerful, you know, I knew that he was awesome, but, but the God that we see in Exodus 33, chapter 18, you don't have to turn there, um, but it wasn't really descri- he wasn't really described to me in that way, right? In Exodus 33, we see Moses, and Moses, he's having a conversation with God, right? And he's telling God, he's like, look, God, like, I know you want me to do all these things, I know you want me to lead these people, but I, I need to know that you have my back, right? And, and God replies, God responds. He says, you know what, Moses, I do have your back, right? I'm with you. And, you know, if any one of us heard that, we'd probably turn away and, and run away rejoicing, right? Like God told Moses, he's like, I have your back, Moses. I'm going to be with you. You know, but Moses, he wants a step further. And he's like, Moses, I just want to see you, right? I, I mean, God, I want to see you. I want to see your glory, right? And, and God's his response is really interesting. He's like, okay, Moses. I'm going to let you see me. You know, I'm going I'm to walk by and you can see me, but you can't look at my face. Right? He says, you can't look at my face because he says, no man can see my face and live. Right? And that's not a normal thing, is it, church? Right? You don't turn on the news and you don't hear about people dying because they saw someone's face. We don't, we don't see that on the news, right? That's not a normal thing. And it's not normal because it's holy. Right? God told Moses, he was like, you know, I'm going to let you see me, but you can't see my face because I'm so holy. And if you were to get a glimpse at my face, you would just die. Right? Because I am so holy. This word holy means set apart. And so God's saying, I'm so set apart from you that you cannot see me. You know, the, the God in Isaiah chapter 40 wasn't really described to me. You know, the God who's saying, do you know who I am? Have you not heard? You know, I am God. I am the everlasting God, right? I'm the God who sits enthroned on top of the earth, and I look down at you, and you look like grasshoppers to me, right? This is the God that's described. You, you look like grasshoppers. As a matter of fact, if I were to blow on you, you would wither like dead grass, right? And so this is God. He's telling us how holy he is, you know, and I, wasn't, I don't really remember hearing these things, and so um, my, my perception of God's holiness was just a little off. Right? I had a, a small view of God. 
growing up. And, and even when I first became a disciple, um, I had a hard time just, just praying to God and trusting God. You know, I didn't view God as too much better than myself, right? Um, I'm like, it was just hard for me to trust him, um, to see him as my rock and my fortress, you know. Um, I saw Jesus in these pictures, you know, I grew up in churches. And so I saw Jesus in these pictures, right, that we would color in, you know, and everybody was coloring Jesus the same way, right? Tan skin, long brown hair, blue eyes. I colored my Jesus black. <laughs> you know, I wanted, I wanted black Jesus. But I would see these pictures. I would see these pictures on the wall or, or in the window of Jesus, and that's who I saw God as. Right? And so I had this small view of God, and those pictures are great. There's nothing wrong with those pictures because they show God's gentleness. They show the gentleness of Jesus, but they don't really show his holiness. You know, and so I didn't really begin to completely understand God's holiness until I saw him revealed in Isaiah 6. You know, and I really love Isaiah 6. You know, it's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Um, anytime I hear it, anytime I read it or, or hear it preached, you know, when I hear it preached, you know, like hey, when you hear your favorite scripture preached, you kind of sit up a little bit in church, you know. Um, and so, so anytime I hear it preached, I just get excited because Isaiah, he's writing here and he's recording his vision of God. Right, this holy God, he, he's so holy that, that sometimes he, he allows men to get a glimpse of how holy he is. Right? And so here Isaiah, he sees God, what he looks like in heaven. There's two other passages in the Bible that are like this. The, the, the second one is in Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 1. And then the other one is in Revelation 4. Right? And so Ezekiel and John, they got to see what God appeared to be like in heaven. We're going to reference those. We're not going to really be in those today. We're going to stay in Isaiah 6. But I'm going to reference those. And so if you're taking notes, um, I'll provide you with the, those scriptures. But let's go ahead and read Isaiah 6, verse 1. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Right, so we see Isaiah here in Isaiah 6, and he's recording how he saw God, what God looked like. Right, so if you look at verse 1, it says, I saw the Lord. Right, and so something that helps me understand Isaiah's tone here is, this, is, is, is an example. Have you guys ever been in a situation where someone runs up to you and, and, and they see something like crazy that they're really excited about and they run up to you and they, they, they say, I, I saw this. Right? It could be a, a really cool movie, a really cool play in sports, you know, whatever it was, but they're excited about seeing something. Have you guys ever been there? Yeah. Right? And so they're really excited. And I see Isaiah with that same level of excitement, right? Because he just saw God. You know, so he says, I saw the Lord, right? And then he talks about him being high and exalted, you know, and we all live in L.A., so I'm assuming that we've all seen a skyscraper, all right? Yeah, we've all seen a skyscraper. So have you ever been on the, on the ground level, outside on the sidewalk, looking at a skyscraper, and you look up, all right? And so as you're looking, you, you, you're trying to see the top, 
right? But you can't really see. You know it's there, but it's so high that you can barely see the top. Have you guys all been there? Right? And so this is how I see Isaiah. You know, Isaiah, he's in front of the God, and he says, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, not a chair. He's not holding a lamb. It doesn't say he's holding a lamb like we see pictures of Jesus. He's sitting on a throne, and he's high and exalted. You know, and so I just want to do an exercise. Because um, I don't know what you guys think of when you think of God, but we're going to picture ourselves as Isaiah here. Right? So everybody close your eyes. Close your eyes. No, no peeking, teens. All right, so close your eyes. And so picture yourself in the biggest room you can think of. Right? And if you're having a hard time thinking of a big room, think sports stadium, think convention center. So you're in this really big room, right? And uh, I picture Isaiah here to be on his knees. You know, so, and so say you're on your knees, you can be standing, um, but you, you, you see God on the throne and it's high and it's exalted. Right? Kind of like that skyscraper. You know, and, and you're looking up and you, and you know that's God on that throne. Right? You know, and you can open your eyes now. You know, but it, it talks about how, how the train of God's robe, it, it fills the entire temple. You know, so, so picture it here. Like, picture the train of God's robe filling this entire place. Right? Just picture that for a second. You know, and they had, they, they, their, their robes only went to their ankles. Right? And, and so just picture, it's like, it's not this little God wearing this, this big robe. Like, this is God, and the train, he's so big, and he's so holy that the train of his robe just fills everywhere. You look to your right, to your left, you see robe, right? You know, so it's just a crazy image um, of just how holy God is. You know, and that's all we get to see in Isaiah 6 about what God appears to be like. But in Ezekiel and Revelation, um, they're kind of funny because as you're reading it, you, you kind of get the idea that they're scrambling for the right words to use to describe this holy God, right? And so in Revelation 4, verse 2, John is writing, he says, I saw a throne in heaven. So you, you, you hear, you see the idea, I saw something, right? I saw a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. You know, and he, he uses that word someone. We're going to talk about why he uses someone in a second. But he says, I saw a throne in heaven with someone sitting. So you have the idea of a throne. Ezekiel 1 talks about how God's throne is sapphire. And in Revelation 4, John, he, he, he's describing God's appearance, right? I saw someone sitting on there. There's someone on the throne. It wasn't, it wasn't a person person, though. Like, it wasn't a person. It didn't look like you and me. It didn't look like a person because it was just so bright, right? It's so bright. His appearance looks like precious jewels, you know, because he's so bright. It looks like ruby and jasper, right? And so you get the idea that, that God is just in heaven on this throne and he's just bright. You know, we see the same thing in Ezekiel chapter 1. You know, I love the, the description in Ezekiel because it divides um, God's appearance from the top up and the bottom down. Right? He says from, from, from the waist up, he, he, he looks like, like, like glowing metal. You know, and have you ever seen glowing metal like in the movies where there, there's a blacksmith or, or they're heating up a sword? You know what I'm talking about? Like metal, it, it glows orange. When it's heated, it glows orange. Right? So he's saying, he's saying God looks like glowing metal. Right? It's, it's orange and it looks like it's glowing metal and it's kind of like fire. Right? It, it looks kind of like fire, so you get this idea that he's scrambling for words, and then he says, the bottom half is different. Right? The bottom half of God looks just different. Right? He's on his throne. Right? And the, the top, it, it's like fire, but the bottom is different from the top, but it, it's still fire. Right? This is what Ezekiel says. You know, so you get that idea. He's, trying to, he's searching for the right words to use, but it's just an amazing picture, right? Of just God and what God looks like in heaven. You know, and that's only verse 1. You know, let's keep reading. In verse 2, in verse 2 it says, Above him were seraphim. 
each with six wings. And so if you don't know what a seraphim is, a seraphim is a type of angel, and they were created, their purpose for creation was to worship God. Right? And that's important. We're talking about that in a second. But these angels, they have how many wings? Six, right? And they're doing something interesting with their wings. What are they doing? Yeah. Right? They're flying with two. You know, you only need two to fly. But with the other two, they're covering their face and they're covering their feet. You know, so you get the idea that they're covered from head to toe. You know, they're, they're, they're covered from head to toe. They're covering themselves to hide themselves from God. Right? Because they're in heaven, right? And they're, they're worshiping God and they're like, I can't look at him. I'm not worthy enough to look at this holy God. This God who was set apart for me, I'm not worthy enough to look at him, so I have to cover myself. Right? And, and remember when I told you that these angels, like their, their purpose is, is worshiping God? Right? And so these angels are always in God's presence. Always. Eternally. And they still behave this way. They're still covering themselves up to hide themselves from God because they don't view themselves as worthy enough. You know, and we get used to things, right? Like we get used to, to what people look like. We get used to the type of clothes people wear. You know, I mean, campus wasn't really used to seeing me in a suit. <laughs> you know, because I don't really wear suits all the time. But, uh, but we, get, we get used to things. But, but in heaven, it's talking about how we, we don't get used to God's holiness. Right? This God is so holy and he's so set apart, you can't possibly get used to it. These angels in heaven are worshiping him and they're around him all the time. And they still hide themselves from God. You know, and if these angels eternally behave this way, how much more will we shudder when we see God? Right? How much more when we see God's holiness and we get to see him for the first time? It's just a crazy image you see there. But these angels, they're in heaven, right? And they're covering themselves, but they're saying something. Right? In verse 3, it says, at this, or in verse 3, it says, and they were calling to one another, right? So they're, they're covering themselves up, but they're calling to one another. They're yelling at each other and they're yelling, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Right? So they're just covering it up and they're just saying, Holy, 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 right? Is the Lord God Almighty. You know, in, in Revelation 4 and John's account, it talks about how there's beings, like all around the throne. Right? There's 24 elders, and there's four beings with eyes all over their body. Um, and it talks about how they, they never stop chanting, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They don't stop. You know, and so you get the idea that being in God's presence, God is so holy that just being in his presence demand us, demands us to instantly worship him. Right? And not even instantly. It says they never stop. And so this is continuous. Right? And they say the whole earth is full of his glory because from heaven, right, you get a bird's eye view of the entire earth. You can see the entire earth from heaven. Right? It's kind of like, like Google Earth. You know how when you zoom all the way out, you get to see the earth? You know, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. But, but you, get to see, <laughs> you get to see heaven like our earth. Right? And so the angels, they're looking down at the earth and they're saying the whole earth is full of his glory because they see creation. They see what God has created. And, and Romans 1 talks about how creation, it, it, you could see God through, through creation. Right? And so they see it and, and they say it does nothing else but scream God's holiness. Right? The earth does nothing else but echo how holy this God is in heaven. Right? You know, from here, it, it's limited. You know, we, we got to go on Google Images to see waterfalls and stuff, right? You know, but, but from, from heaven, you can see the entire earth and you can easily tell that, that it just screams that there's a, a, a holy creator. You know, so, so let's put ourselves in Isaiah's shoes again. 
All right, let's put ourselves here. Okay, so you're in this temple, right? This big temple and you're in heaven. You know, and you see God and God is on this throne. Right? God is on this throne. He's high and he's exalted. You know, and his, his robe fills the entire temple. The ground starts shaking because these angels, they never stop chanting, holy, holy, holy. You know, they're covering themselves up. The place is filling with smoke. And so what in the world would you say in this moment? You know, what in the world would you feel in this moment? Right? We're seeing God and his holiness for the very first time. You know, we're going to read about how, how Isaiah responded in a minute. But I want to get some interaction here. Um, I want to get some interaction. How, how would some of you guys respond? Or how do you guys feel like you would respond um, for, to, for, for seeing God the first time? Or to seeing God the first time? Right there. You would just freeze? Okay. You just stand there being speechless. Anybody else? Go in the back. Fall to your knees and not say anything. Be speechless. Anybody else? Marlon in the back. <laughs> okay, Marlon, Marlon will wet himself. <laughs> Anybody else? Let's go in the corner. Can you say that again? Okay. He said it's just so powerful. You said you're going to, you, you die? Is that what you said? Okay. But, uh, but yeah, and I mean, we're going to talk about, we're going to read about how Isaiah responded in a second. But me, like, just growing up when I had my small view of God, um, growing up I had a list. Right? I had this list and I would keep it everywhere I go. And I had the intention with this list to, to bring it up and present it in front of God, right? So it wasn't a list to, to where it was like, you know what, God, I really admire the trees. Like, what made you make trees? Right? It wasn't a list like that. You know, it was a list of, of okay, God, this happened in my life and I didn't like it. Right? And I, it was things, it was things, I mean, I mean, it's, it's funny, but at the same time, it's like, it was things that I, w I didn't really appreciate about God and how God worked in my life, right? So, so I would just walk around with this list if, in my Bible. I kept it tucked in my Bible with the intention of, uh, of bringing it up in front of God, right? You know, and, and when I look at it now, and when I think about how I kept that list now, uh, I sit back and I'm like, Tariq, were you serious? Right? Like you really thought you could barge into heaven and kick down these pearly gates, disrupt this awesome worship service and go up to God and be like, God, I want to talk to you. Right? You know, and after reading Isaiah's response, I think I'm going to have the same response when I see God for the first time. You know, let's look at verse 5. In verse 5 it reads, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Right, and so Isaiah, in verse 5, he says, Woe to me. Right, and this word woe, it's, it's a term used to describe this gut-wrenching feeling. You know, like, have you ever heard, like, terrible news? All right, you ever heard really bad news, or you turn on the TV and, and you see something really bad on the news? You know, like the Ukraine crash that just happened recently, the plane crash, right? And so, I mean, when I saw that on the news, I was just like, oh, like, really? You know, like, these people were innocent, you know? And, and so I just had this feeling, and, and this is the feeling that, that Isaiah is describing, right? He's in front of God the first time, for the very first time in his life, and he's, he's like, oh, right? You know, and he says, I am ruined. You know, and if, if you translate that back to the Hebrew, there's this phrase, I am ruined. It, it, more accurately, it, it's, I'm about to be destroyed by him. 
right? And so you see Isaiah for the very first time, he's in front of God. Right? He's in front of God, and he sees God in the holiness. He sees the seraphim worshiping God. And the first thing he thinks is, I'm about to be destroyed by him. You know, woe to me. He's about to kill me. Right? He is so holy that I'm not worthy to be in his presence. And he's about to kill me. Right? And I mean, I talked about Ezekiel earlier. Ezekiel's response. Ezekiel, he saw God, and he became overwhelmed, so he just fainted. Right? You know, John's response isn't really recorded because he saw a lot of other things going on in heaven after he saw God. But, you know, Isaiah, at the sight of the Lord, he realized how sinful he is. You know, he saw God for the first time, and he was like, I'm a sinner, and I live with sinners. You know, I don't deserve to be here. Like, God is going to kill me. The only logical conclusion Isaiah came to was his death, right? I'm about to be destroyed. God is about to kill me right now. So you can only imagine Isaiah, he's, he's killed over, curled up in a ball maybe, I'm just thinking that God is going to kill him, right? And then he looks up, right? When Isaiah, he looks up, he probably sees something that he, he doesn't really want to see, right? He looks up, and he sees this angel with six wings flying towards him with a hot coal, right? And so you get the idea that, that the, the angel's flying towards him, and he's feeling like he's going to die, and he just sees the angel like, right? You know? Like, he's probably thinking, this angel's going to kill me. This is how I'm going to go out. You know? But, but what happens next is just awesome. You know, because what happens next is God just immediately forgives him. Right? He just immediately forgives him. And I think this is one of the greatest characteristics of God's holiness. Right? The fact that God set apart. You know, it's the cross. You know, Elmar, he, he, he was up here and he was talking about how Jesus was sweating blood. Right? Like Jesus, he was going through so much emotional pain that he was sweating blood, you know, before he was going to die on the cross. But this idea of the cross, like God, when you think about it, it's crazy because God, he sent his only begotten son, his only son to earth to die. Like that's what the cross is. God sent him to earth to die, you know, and, and I'm not a parent, and so I have a hard time relating to it, but I know some parents um, who have a hard time sending their sons to football practice, right? Because they're going to get hurt. You know, but, but this God in heaven, he's so holy, he's so set apart from us that he saw that this has to happen, right? And because he is so holy, he, doesn't, he didn't hesitate, and he sent his son to die on the cross for us. You know, and, and so it's just crazy to think that this holy God in heaven loves us unconditionally. This holy God, he loves us past each and every one of our sins. You know, he, he, he loves us. You know, this God is so holy, yet he loves me. You know, and it's, it's crazy and it's humbling to think that. You know, but I don't, I don't really know what it's going to be like for each of us when we face God. You know, but I know one day that God's going to make his holiness known. You know, and I, I know that it's going to be an incredible sight to be able to see God and, and his holiness face to face. You know, but I think it's even more encouraging to know that this God, this holy God who is set apart, who sits in heaven on a throne, who is high and exalted and eternally worshipped by angels who can't even see him, wants a personal and intimate relationship with each and every one of us. Right? You know, isn't that just amazing? You know, doesn't that make you feel special? 
that, that this holy God, he doesn't need us. Right? I talked about earlier how we, we're, we're like grasshoppers to him, or if he blew on us, we'd wither like grass. Right? So this God doesn't really need us, but he, but he doesn't need us, but he wants us. Right? He wants a relationship with us. You know, our God is holy, church. Our God is holy, and it's important for us to continue to grow in our understanding of God's holiness. You know, and if I can leave you guys with anything, it's in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. And so let's all go there. You know, before we read that scripture, I'm, I want to open it up for some more responses. But, but when you pray, what do you feel? Right? What do you feel when you pray? Let's get some people, let's get some hands up in the back. Okay, peace. What else do you guys feel when you pray? Close to God, okay. You said, say that again? Clear-minded, okay, in the back. Hope. Security. Love. Anybody else right here in the front? Incredibly humbled, okay. Let's go, Ashley. You said comfort, okay. Right here. Safe, okay, yeah, right? And we all feel these things. When we pray to God and in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 7, it talks about how, how God comes near to us when we pray. Right? He comes near to us. You know, like when we pray, we go to God's presence. But it's cool to know that when we go to God and to be in his presence, he comes to meet us halfway. Right? He comes to be with us. And so isn't that like the story of Isaiah? Right? Isn't that like it? Like, I'm not talking about how when we pray, we should see seraphim, we should see the throne. I'm not talking about that. But, but Isaiah, he was in God's presence, right? Right? And so when we pray, aren't we in God's presence? Right? And, and so, so when you pray, do you realize that you're talking to this holy God? You know, and, and I love Ecclesiastes chapter 5. We're going to be in verses 1 and 2. Um, but it gives us a tool we can use to help us understand God's holiness through prayer. And it says, Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer sacrifice of fools who do not know they do wrong. Verse 2, Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God because God is in heaven and you, you are on earth. So let your words be few. Right? You know, I love this scripture a lot because it's saying, it says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Right? It says, go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools. And so it's telling us, hey, when you go to God in prayer, listen first. You know, don't, don't talk. And you know, it's not saying this isn't the only way we should uh, approach God in prayer. You know, because there's, there's plenty of times in the Bible when people would immediately start talking to God when they prayed. Right? But it's a tool we can use to understand God's holiness. It says, do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. And I love this part. It says, God is in heaven and you, you are on earth. Right? You know, we are on earth. And we, we have an opportunity to be able to communicate with this holy God, the creator of the whole world. Right? And so it's just giving us a, a tool. Right? It's, it's saying, like, take your time when you pray to God. You know? And I want to encourage you guys. You know, to, to, to put this into practice this week. Right? Um, in order, I mean, this is helpful in helping us understand God's holiness. You know, but, but don't rush into prayer. You know, take one day this week. And before praying, just sit back, close your eyes. 
right? Put your, your phone where you can't hear it or see it, you know? Like, like get away from distraction and just think about who you're about to talk to. You know, because when we talk to, to humans of, who have authority over us, we're, we're respectful, right? Like when a cop pulls you over, you say, hello, officer. You know? <laughs> right? And, 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 and so, so it's, it's this mindset of having, okay, I'm about to talk to this holy God in heaven. You know, and, and if you do that, I promise you, you know, I promise you your, your whole entire relationship with God will change. Right? You'll find yourself praying bolder prayers. You know, because you're going to realize, okay, I'm talking to God right now. This God, he can do anything. And so you're going to find yourself saying bolder prayers. And when God answers that one bold prayer, you're going to be encouraged and you're going to say some more bold prayers. Right? You're going to start praying more, more bold prayers. And your faith is going to increase because of that. Because God's going to be answering these. And you're going to be like, well, God, like, these are some very bold prayers. And you're answering these. And so your, your faith is going to increase. You know, and because your faith is increasing... You're going to feel closer to God, right? And so you're going to feel closer to God. And because you're closer to God, you're going to find it extremely easy to share your faith, right? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to see God doing all these things in your life. You're going to feel close to God. And you're going to find yourself going up to people and telling them, hey, you need to check my God out, right? Because my God answers prayers. And my God, he wants a personal relationship with you, Right? You know, I promise you, if you, if you start doing this, just take one day a week to just think about who you're talking to. You know, it'll, it'll change everything you're about to pray for. I mean, it'll change your whole relationship with God. All right, so holy, holy, holy. We serve an amazing God, don't we, church? Yes. Amen? Yes. Amen.